Hello, my loves, and welcome to the Sensitive Collective Podcast. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created Sensitive Collective to be a space where empaths and sensitives can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journey. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more of us empaths and sensitives waking up to our nature every single day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform both you and the entire world. And it's why we're here. So join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I'm so happy you're here. Enjoy. This has been a week. (laughs) I feel like time has been playing tricks on me this week. I've been um, busy in a really good way, really showing up in service, feeling really grounded in my purpose, and getting a lot of clarity of vision of what it is I want to create for myself in this business that is Sensitive Collective and our community. And um, one of the things I've been working on is the Empaths Guide to Thrive, a digital guide for your own healing and empowerment journey. I will be completing that very, very soon, and it will be coming. um, I'll be sending it out to my email list. So If you're not already on my list, I encourage you to sign up so that you don't miss out on this and any of the other goodies that I have planned for the upcoming months and years. Um, And just a nice way to stay connected and to stay in touch. I plan on showing up in more support in the space of my email list. That's one of the intentions that I have for this final quarter of the year. And um, I had the first question and answer session on Instagram this past week, and I'm so excited to be bringing that as another avenue of support for you. So as you listen, if you have any questions, if something's coming up for you that you want a little bit more insight and deeper support around, please come join me. Every Tuesday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern on Instagram, I am your resource. And so, yeah, bring any questions that you like, and I will be honored to hold space for you and for them. So today, I want to talk about something uh, in a little more specificity and depth than I maybe have in the past. I know it, it is something I talk about a lot, and it's because it is so foundational and so essential. And it really is something that that is a common denominator, that is a common thread woven through every element of support holistically that I have encountered. And as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm trying to think of an example of a place where it isn't required and I'm coming up blank. It's just so, it's so fundamental pivotal, essential, foundational, 
that I was kind of shocked um, when I realized that I hadn't dedicated a full episode to it because it, it is so present and so prevalent in, in all of the episodes because I lean on it so much. Um, and this is the concept of invitation to inquiry. And uh, it's something I, I talk about and think about and utilize on my own so often um, that it still sometimes catches me off guard and catches me by surprise when I say invite inquiry or invitation to inquiry and I get a blank stare or I get a huh from one of my clients or from one of y'all in my audience. So um, yeah, it, it is one of those things that I can now, when I look back, of course, I remember like if someone would have said to me at some point on my own healing journey, I, I need you to you know, step into invitation to inquire, I invite you to inquire, I would have been like, what are you, what is this girl talking about? Um, but it's become just such a regular integral practice for myself and for my life that um, it's really beautiful the way that I don't even always do it consciously. Um, it's very often a subconscious, a, a subconscious um, reaction because it's just like anything with training and with practice, it becomes a rote memory, right? It becomes so ingrained within us that we start to just automatically do it. And I think that can be uh, a real paradigm shifting experience when the invitation to inquiry is at the energetic and subconscious level. Um, it really isn't always that way for me, but very much more often than it has been in the past. Um, and I know I've talked to her before about Byron Katie's work, and um, I think she has created a process through which you know you are invited to inquire in a way that is really accessible. Um, I think beyond that as a tool and as a process, um, just setting the intention to be curious is really powerful. Um, to be curious, to investigate, to take on the mantle of... Um, you know, of curious observer and explorer of your own internal reality of your own landscapes can absolutely have such incredible transformative results within and without yourself that it's kind of hard. You can't oversell it. <laughs> it's like, it's kind of hard to explain how much of a difference it makes um, at every level of self and in all relationship, including relationship with self. And what kind of led me to this episode today and the realization that I wanted to talk about it more was, um, you know, feeling into the, the limiting beliefs and the stories that we were told, that we were sold and that we bought. Um, that, you know, someone created at some point because it was a protection mechanism that someone created at some point and projected onto us because they were trying to dim our light, um, because they thought we were too much because of something that they were taught, 
um, you know, that something that society has taken as truth with a capital T because through the evolution of humanity and industrialized society, at some point it served a purpose for someone, probably in power, <laughs> and, um, you know, in whatever paradigm that was existing societally and culturally at that time, it was truth with a capital T for a lot of people. Um, but the, the thing is, we live in an ever-changing, ever-shifting, constantly growing and transforming world, culture, community, reality. And so to some that might feel scary, and I know change can feel really scary. It's something that's unpredictable. Um, and so the idea that the only constant is change can be terrifying. But it's also pretty amazing because what it means is we're never we're never going to have to just be the same. Like we have this beautiful permission. It's your birthright to grow. It's your birthright to create. To create the experience that you have within yourself to create the reality around you that you're in relationship with. Um, and, you know, to create the society which we all find ourselves in. And so this comes back to um, um, something that I know I've mentioned on here before, the, the quote that um, is attributed to Gandhi, you know, that uh, be the change you want to see in the world. I think that's really the heart of it, right? As you shift and grow and change your own perspective and your own understandings and beliefs, that in turn is going to actually heal, shift, change, transform the, the world in which you operate on all the levels, personal, familial, communal, cultural, global, um, economic, right? I mean, there's just, there's so many ways that as we heal ourselves, we heal the world. And a big part of healing ourselves and shifting and changing and transforming is creating space to invite inquiry. Now, what do I mean by this? It really is just the act of getting curious without judgment. So letting that inner critic take a nap. If she wakes up and starts fussing, just I hear you. I understand you have an opinion. I'm not here for that right now. <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> um, and, and then carry on, right, uh, with, your, with your inquiry. Because really getting curious um, is how we start to poke holes in uh, some of these mindsets and limiting beliefs that um, have served us at some time because that's why we have them uh, again whether it was us or someone else or society um these these mindsets and limiting beliefs that we were told and that we bought into um told whether explicitly or through um through act through energetic lessons and emotional lessons um traumatic lessons uh, inviting inquiry and being curious around our, 
our beliefs and these stories that we tell ourselves is how we begin to see them in a new light. And it's kind of like, um, you know, when I'm, I'm, I wear glasses, I should wear them all the time. I don't always, but, um, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes I'm wearing my glasses and I'm going through doing all the things and I haven't noticed that, you know, I've got some gunk on my lenses. Um, whether it's, you know, from, uh, little kitty sneezes while I'm sitting at my desk (laughs) from lotion hands, from doing dishes and things splashing, from cooking in the kitchen, for my lunch break, you know, whatever it is, as I go through the day, what will happen sometimes is it's like I'm looking through the lenses and so I'm not looking at the lenses and they're absolutely affecting everything that I'm seeing, but I'm not really aware that they are right? They just are. And then something will happen. Um, and this would be, you know, in this example, this would be kind of like the inquiry, right? Something happens where, um, maybe the light shifts and it catches a a piece of gunk that's on my lens and my eyes refocus to see that. And then all of a sudden I'm aware that there's something on my lenses And then as I expand that inquiry and that awareness, I start to see, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff on my lenses. I need to clean this off. And then I can do that and I put my glasses back on. And honestly, it really is kind of a shock every time I do that. It's like, it's a whole new world. I had no idea how dim my vision was, um, because through the day I'd accumulated all of this gunk on my glasses and when I clean them off, it's like a whole new world. That's what invitation to inquiry does. It opens us up in, in ways that we weren't even aware we were closed off in our perception. And it can, at a very deep level, shift our very understanding of who we are, our very identity. And, and that can in turn shift everything. Um, And so, you know, this episode really is your invitation to inquiry. Um, One of the tools that I mentioned a moment ago is Byron Katie's The Work. I know I've linked to that in previous episodes. I'll do that again in the notes for this one. It's one of the best tools that I have experienced for inviting inquiry in a predictable way that helps have a framework to walk me through it. Now it's something that I do kind of automatically a lot of the time. I don't even necessarily have to go through all the steps because there's a few really key ones um, that you know I'll get to and I'm like, oh, okay, I see it now. <laughs> I see this, I see this for what it is. Um, it's really helpful to have that framework when you're first starting a more intentional practice of inviting inquiry to your internal thought world, feelings, belief systems, right? Um, And so often it's really helpful in the realm of relationship. Um, And so, you know, when you're experiencing struggle and challenge in a relationship, 
uh, very often it's because uh, there's a resentment or an anger that that's bubbling up that is actually rooted in a story and Byron Katie's work helps you to see the story and work through it is it true is it not true is it worth holding on to what does it bring to my life to believe this um and you know inviting inquiry through this framework that she's created it allows us to remove value judgment from the process and to get a much clearer understanding of, I think, both sides when we're looking at relationship. Like, um, you know, because in relationship, it it is a container for seeing seeing ourselves, right? To see ourselves reflected through someone else in relationship. So I encourage you to check out Byron Katie's The Work. Uh, as a framework that that's hugely supportive and valuable in more intentionally inviting inquiry. Um, another is just that setting the intention to question. I think that's if, if going through a, a practice, if this is all very new for you, um, I think sometimes the the least overwhelming and still very impactful thing that you can do is to play with intention and just grounding into an intention to invite curiosity to your perception as you go through the day. So as I go through my day, I am curious and I don't take anything for granted as truth. And knowing that that means my own thoughts, right? My own feelings. And that can, in the realm of of, um, uh, being a sensitive, that can be so valuable to me, Um, even in in the realm of like taking on other people's energy and and thoughts. Um, You know, that just because I'm feeling it doesn't mean it's true. Just because I'm feeling it doesn't mean it's mine. Just because I'm thinking it doesn't mean it's real. And so maybe it is. (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. And so inviting that that playful curiosity with intention so that I can have a little bit of space for my awareness to come in and observe. When I'm thinking something, when I'm feeling something, huh, What's up with that? Where is this coming from? And it's okay not to know. Sometimes when we're feeling um, things coming through the collective, it's like it'll hit you out of nowhere. No rhyme or reason. Don't know where it's coming from. You know, I feel like the more we start to invite inquiry, the better able we are to discern what is ours and what is not ours. So that's another benefit. Um, but you know, just setting those intentions at the start of the day is a really helpful way to um, have a touchstone to come back to. I know I've talked about intention in that realm in that way before, um, but you know, just setting the intention to invite curiosity and then in whatever wording resonates with you. And then as you go through your day, you know, if if I find myself getting stuck in like the hamster wheel of a certain story to, to start to notice like, huh, 
okay, I noticed that I'm telling myself this story about my worth being attached to the level of engagement that I'm getting via text message from this person. Interesting. Let me investigate that, <laughs> right? And, um, you know, if, if I start to feel myself in that situation, um, getting emotionally reactive to, to that story that I keep telling myself, having set the intention at the start of the day to be curious can often help me come back in resonance with that intention and be better able to actually invite inquiry without getting lost in, um, in that emotional reactive experience. So setting intention to be curious and invite inquiry is very powerful and supportive as well. Oh dear. Now I've gotten to that place. I'm always afraid of where the next thing I was going to say flew out of my brain. So we've talked about Katie Byron, talked about setting intention. We're talking about inviting inquiry and being curious and kind of full circle back to what Byron Katie in her work um, invites us to is asking the question, is this true? Is it true? I ask myself this question consciously and subconsciously so many times during a day. It's amazing. These four little words just have such transformative power. Is it true? And, you know, inviting inquiry can look like just asking that question. Um, also, something that I have found to be really supportive is looking at what it is I believe. Because sometimes, you know, to go back to the glasses example, I've, I've got to kind of take my glasses off and look at them to understand like, you know, how they look and what they are and what's going on with that. Um, and maybe it's time for me to shift styles. Maybe, maybe I want a different frame for my glasses, right? And maybe I don't think that this frame really fits my face anymore. Um, and so just trying on, you know, looking at, well, what, what do I believe? How, and, and how maybe, how maybe do I believe things that I don't even know that I believe in the way that it's showing up in my life, right? So, you know, creating space to invite inquiry around what you even believe to be true. What even are the stories that I tell myself? Um, and that can look like tracking. That can look like keeping a journal, keeping a log, keeping an audio um, diary of the things that you notice as you go through your days that come up a lot. Um, it could be, you know, stories that you tell yourself about the way people see you based on how they react and respond to you and what that means and, um, you know, inviting inquiry in that way. Uh, and I really, you know, can't stress enough how important it is as you're going through this practice to do it with so much grace and without value judgment. Again, when your inner critic rears her head to judge and criticize could shoulda woulda not good enough this means that you're bad whatever it is that she says to you 
um, you know, really just putting that to the side and, and looking at it from the role of like an impartial observer, explorer, anthropologist of what it is you're watching. Now, of course, you know, now I feel like I've got to go into a tangent about anthropology and and quantum physics and how they're connected. And when we know we're being observed by the very definition of observation, we have changed and have transformed, which is kind of the point, right? It's like, I feel like there's an answer there in the realm of quantum physics. Like the very act of observing means that we are transforming at a at a quantum level. And so, you know, whenever I find myself doubting the power of invitation to inquiry, um, you know, that is something that that you can lean on as well. I could talk honestly about that for a really long time. <laughs> I kind of steered myself away from it, but I think it's so interesting to think about, um, you know, in the realm of quantum physics and looking at like an anthropologist's perspective of how, you know, the observed are transformed, but the observer is also transformed. And, you know, what kind of limiting beliefs and biases does the anthropologist bring in that is actually affecting their analysis and observation of the observed? Um, And so, you know, you can play around with that a little bit with yourself and just notice that, you know, when you're taking on the role of observer of your own experience in what ways are potentially hidden mindsets or limiting beliefs actually even coloring the interpretation of what it is you're um, getting curious about. And so, you know, just again, with grace, with compassion, getting curious about it. So if I notice, for example, as I'm going through that my observations are sounding pretty harsh and um, like they're cutting me down in some way or diminishing me in some way. I don't punish myself for that. I don't shame myself for that. I simply notice that that's happening. And then I go to a deeper level of inquiry. I wonder why I feel so guilty about this trait, behavior, um, thought, feeling, fill in the blank, right? Um, interesting. How, where, when else did I feel that way? Where else in my life has that shown up? And then I just keep following the clues. And very often when I sit in inquiry, I have a breakthrough. Oh my God. I remember when I was five years old, um, that my grandmother, Sandra, told me when I was playing a game of pretend with my little, my little ponies and my little, you know, I loved little things. So I had these tiny little figurines and all these little, I had this very vibrant imaginary world of play. And when I was in there, you know, playing with my little, my toys, you know, her coming in and yelling at me that I was being too loud and I was really bothering her and I was just too much and that I was a bad girl and I needed to be quiet and wow that was like the first time I think anyone really verbalized that to me interesting and seeing 
that's the root of something. That was like, I learned something there. I internalized what she said as truth. And there are a lot of aspects of the way that I've shown up that I can actually trace back to that experience. Holy crap. And then it takes some of that power away, right? And it's wiping some of that gunk off the lens and it's redefining my relationship with myself. And then invitation to inquiry. I've had this huge like revelation about this childhood experience. Now I can go back. I can say, okay, now that I've had this invitation to inquiry, uncover this for me. I think I need to go in and do some inner child healing with little Laura because, you know, that was crap. And I don't believe that to be true. And I can see how she still might. So invitation to inquiry in and of itself is a transformative act. And it is this beautiful launching pad for next level healing and empowerment because it can shine a light and and show us what the next right step is so it's you know a part of the essential tools of of an empath of a sensitive of human beings to be truthful of everybody but i think especially for us because we are so sensitive and we've internalized so many stories that just are total and complete bullshit um and we've we've absorbed so much energy and and beliefs that that aren't even our own um and continue to have to work through that on a day-to-day basis by nature of being a sensitive having the ability to invite inquiry intentionally as a practice is one of the most vital self-care practices that you can participate in, which is why I was so shocked (laughs) when I went to record this episode to find that I hadn't spent some time just really specifically talking about this. So this is something I'll continue to talk about in the days, weeks, months to come, because again, it is so vital and so essential to our well-being. Um, But I wanted to make sure that I came in here today to record this for you um, in the first week of October as we're moving into fall and winter because, you know, this time of year for me, and I know for many of you as well, it brings up a lot because we tend to be more in relationship uh, with friends and family. whether it's because you have kids in school and you got to go to the PTA meetings or because you're hosting the the family holiday tradition that you celebrate together this year or whatever it is, um, you know, that we, we tend to be thrown in with one another a bit more as we go into fall and winter and having this in your back pocket can make it a much more peaceful and enjoyable experience. And <laughs> that's like really putting it lightly. Um, I think it can can absolutely make all the difference in, in how we're able to show up for ourselves and for other people. So again, if you have any questions about this practice, I encourage you to join me this coming Tuesday, October 11th, for the question and answer session on Instagram 
at sensitive.collective is my handle. And I hope that you are having a good October so far. I'm so excited. I, you know, just to, to give you a little, um, a little peek into what's to come, uh, November and December are going to be chock full of really amazing guests on the show. I am absolutely thrilled. I just can't wait to have all of these juicy, juicy conversations with, um, these different, healers and facilitators of um, empowerment and transformation. So you have that to look forward to alongside me, and I hope you have a really wonderful weekend. And as always, I'd love to close today reminding you that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got, and I love you.